What's up, everybody? This is Christian coming at you from True North Float, and this is another episode of the True North Podcast. So uh, welcome in. If um, you're new to the podcast, welcome, welcome. And um, I hope that this podcast can add some some value to your life. Uh, we do the podcast for free. It's a gift, and so we don't run ads uh, or anything like that. But I do have an announcement uh, this is something that I'm really excited about. This is um, this is basically something that's probably been brewing for a few months now. It's a project called Art from the Void. And um, this is a perfect time to announce this with this podcast because this podcast episode is with my little sister, Ann Kelly, who's the the uh, prominent artist uh, that's that's got the art hanging up here in the float center so you a lot of you've probably seen it um if you've been in here and the mural the famous mural now that everybody uh has, has raved about that's that's her creation so uh, i'm super excited for this episode before i dive into it uh, i'll announce this art from the void project so what this is, is we're going to give artists three free floats in the month of March. So um, any artists who wants to participate in this, the idea is the void is where all uh, potential creation is. So in other words, everything that, that does not yet exist, um, it's not yet manifested, is in the void. It's it's in the ether. It's out there uh, in, in potential. In it. And, and so... As an artist, as a creator, you're bringing it out of the void into the manifest world, into creation. Um, that's what being a creative is. And the float tank is a pure connection to the void. So it's this beautiful environment to connect to that, those, you know, let that creative force into your life and to be inspired and to let those, you know, uh, creative juices flow. So um, we're going to try to inspire artists to create and hopefully connect with a bunch of amazing people locally here in our community. Um, so I'm super stoked about this event. And so three free floats in March. Uh, the free floats have to be, we're going to try to to schedule those on Mondays through Thursdays. So if, unless that really doesn't work for you, because um, our weekends are typically busy, kind of booked out. And so we, uh, we asked to book these free ones Mondays through Thursdays if possible. Um, but yeah, the, the only condition here is that you have to create something. You have to create a piece of art. It's not for us. We're not going to, you know, take your art or anything. But uh, the art has to be created by March 31st and delivered to Art Provides, which is an art gallery on Main Street in St. George, uh, owned by Elizabeth Gunter. She's an amazing artist who's going to be participating in this herself. And the idea is on April 1st, we're going to do an event. We're going to have a party. All the art from this project that's been created by all the different artists in the community that are participating, which we've already got quite a few signed up and floating, which is exciting. Um, it's all going to be on display there. So we're going to get together with all the artists. We're going to get together with our, our staff, our friends, family, and anybody else, any of our members or anyone else who's stoked about True North. And we're going to throw a fuck yeah party uh, celebrating our launch because we never really got to have one of those due to COVID. So um, we're going to have live music, some, some good drinks and some food, and we're just going to, we're just going to throw, throw a rager, <laughs> uh, and enjoy some art. And when I say rager, I mean like probably a, a classy event so that we can feel all distinguished and <laughs> whatnot. 
Uh, I'll be wearing a blazer for sure. <laughs> so anyways, um, the art, the art will be photographed there and we will create a book for our Zen room called art from the void with a photograph of everyone's piece. So it'll be kind of encapsulated there and people who come in and float will be able to appreciate it. Uh, that's, that's it. I mean, you can keep the art, uh, you can bring it home, you can list it for sale at the gallery. I think Elle or Elizabeth, uh, Gunter, she's, she's open to the idea of leaving them on display for a while. So there's some options there for the artists. We're not interested in making any money on the art. It's a hundred percent up to you and, and, and Elle, if you guys sell it, uh, that's between you guys. So this is really just about us trying to inspire people with floating, spread floating through the community, but mostly connect with the, the artists in the community and, and see what rad shit uh, these people create. Because as we talk about in the podcast here with Anne, um, artists are what we need more of right now. And they really are like the the pioneers and the, the forward thinking and... and, and uh, forward seeing type of people. Um, and, and so I'm really excited to see who we, who we connect with and what comes out of all of this. Uh, yeah. So the, that's the only real caveat is you got to create a piece. You it doesn't have to have any limitations on the size or the medium, create a way, whatever you'd like. Um, just physical art is the, really the only restriction. Uh, just be, I mean, I mean, it can even be digital art if you wanted to create something digitally and, and project it, um, and display it that way. Totally cool with that. Musicians, uh, I just don't see how that's going to work out this this go around with this type of event. So uh, we'll have to uh, rain check on that and do another event for musicians sometime. But anyone who's, who's into just, you know, like uh, creating and an artist and wants to be part of this, do not hesitate. Um, we'd love to give you three free floats. And if you know anybody else who's who's also interested or who's a creator that you'd love to see participate and see what they can do after three, three hours in the float tank, um, let them know. But just give us a call. Call the float center. Call the shop. It's 435-212-1125. And they will schedule, schedule your floats out for you. Uh, it's 212-1125. And, um, yeah, so the only, the only fine print, I guess, is if you end up not create, like if you float, but you don't create a piece and you don't deliver it to the art gallery, then we'll charge you for the floats. So that's it. Uh, floats are totally yours if, if you create something. So that's it. Um, yeah, super excited about this. We're going to roll out a RSVP link for the party and email it out to our mailing list. If you're not on the mailing list or you're listening to this and you haven't RSVP'd, and you uh, you want to be at the event, um, just give us a, well, actually just drop us an email. It's info at tnfloat.com, I-N-F-O at T-N-F-L-O-A-T, at tnfloat, T-N-F-L-O-A-T.com. So info at tnfloat. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it for the announcement. Um, I'm like giddy with excitement to see how this turns out and can't wait for April 1st. So this podcast with my little sister, Anne, uh, was one of my favorite conversations uh, to date with this podcast. She's, I mean, I'm just like really, really, really fucking proud of her and, and the journey that she's been on for the last couple of years. She's truly transformed. Uh, as I was recording this with her last night, I just couldn't help like, I was getting kind of emotional just like seeing how, you know, just radiant and glowy she was and just 
you know, she's like a totally different person and, and I'm, I'm really, really happy for her. But, uh, yeah, we talk about her journey. Um, we, we, we grew up together in Colorado city slash Centennial park. Um, so we were born and raised fundamentalist, uh, Mormon community there, uh, in a big family. And she, uh, she recently just moved to St. George. So she, she's grown up and lived there her entire life and she's just recently broken away. And, uh, we talk about that in the podcast. We talk about her journey kind of from there to now and journey into, you know, stepping into, uh, her most authentic self and, and, you know, allowing that uh, gift that she has of art to kind of come in and, you know, just the various layers to that and what it's taken the, you know, transformation process has been, has been, uh, extensive. So we talk about how floating has been a tool for that, how MDMA has assisted mushrooms have assisted in her process. Um, and it, yeah, it's just been a, it's been really fun to watch and to be a part of. And she's a, like I said, a cornerstone of True North Float. And her art's really brought this place to life. If you want to see what I'm talking about, um, check out her website. It's annkelly.com. That's A-N-N-E-K-E-L-L-I-E, annkelly.com. She's, uh, she's just barely starting out. And that's what's the most exciting thing is like, I really think she's a visionary artist and I can't wait to see what, you know, the future holds for her and what uh, other incredible things she's going to pull out of the void, uh, pull down from the void and then show the rest of us. So, um, more, I, I couldn't be happier to be sharing this podcast and really proud of her for doing this. It was very vulnerable for her. Um, first time she's done anything like this. And, and so it was a big step and, um, yeah. So give it up for my, my little sis and Kelly. What do you mean by the word I? What we call reality is in fact nothing more than a culturally sanctioned and linguistically reinforced hallucination. So usually when you're recording these things, do you just imagine yourself basically just having a conversation with a person? And it's not imagination. That's all I do. I know, but I mean, like, there's no one else in this room. <laughs> no one else you is going to hear it, essentially. No, I mean, like, to kind of help just bypass all the, you know, like, what are people going to interpret this and all that, just... I just kept thinking, well, I'm just having a conversation with my brother, so. Yes, exactly. So there's two there's two ways in which you can do a podcast, I guess. One is, <clears throat> and this is why solo, like if I do solo episodes, it's harder for me because then I get more in my head. Like if I'm, if I'm here with you, then we're just talking to each other. We're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. super simple because we would do the same thing 20 feet that way in the zen room yeah exactly maybe no problem <laughs> exactly um but when you're doing it by yourself it's like all of a sudden well who am i to just talk into a mic and why should people listen and like what's the 
you know what I mean? So the you level of vulnerability it. goes up a little bit. I think so. Yeah. 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 And, and, and also you just get psych yourself up more. Like you just get more in your head. I remember the first episode of the podcast, like I recorded it, um, beginning of 2019, I think. No. 2020? Yeah. You know, it was the beginning of, maybe it was the end of 2019. Yeah. End of 2019. And it was a solo episode. And I just sat in front of the mic for like 30 <laughs> minutes without saying anything. Just like sitting there. <laughs> just like overthinking the hell out of it. Yeah. It was weird. But. It just brings up a lot of your own insecurities, doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah, but um, I guess. I mean, yeah, totally. I guess podcasting has been good for that. It's like showing me my insecurities showing me my ego too like going back and listening to podcasts like episodes i've done with other mm -hmm. people and then i'll just be listening to it and cringe and be like dude what the fuck am i talking about like <laughs> like i've just got an ego you know what i mean mm -hmm. and i'm just seeing that it's kind of it's almost like going back and reading old journal entries too mm -hmm. it's like you're seeing it's revealing yeah exactly you're seeing like a snapshot of yourself in time uh-huh which is yeah like, art's the same way <laughs> yeah totally very it's much a, so. It's a, especially if it's an authentic expression because it's like a piece of you frozen in time. Little capsule. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a real aspect of having um, artist block in that sense. Like the the white canvas being very intimidating yeah, you at first. You don't want to like fuck it up. Mm-hmm. And I realized... So a, a lot of this goes into my art journey, but the very beginning was a ton of resistance to fucking things up because of my perfectionist yeah. mentality. Yeah. And so a lot of it has helped me break down that right. within myself. Right. Makes me a happier per person yeah. in general. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. It's healthy. Because you're not too, yeah, it's like paralysis by an over analysis by analysis yeah you're yeah. just over analyzing everything and you're like well this isn't gonna be this isn't exactly how it needs to be so it's not good enough and then i'm not good enough and mm -hmm. you just break down everything yep it freezes you from really because because it's not about it's not about the piece of art it's mm -hmm. about like the journey you know what i mean mm -hmm. or it's it's not about the podcast episode it's about like the journey yet you, you know so it's like seeing trying to like uh chalk everything up to just like being a perfectionist over just like one thing it it it's like to me it's super it's short-sighted oh yeah i've realized that i actually love the beginning stages more than any other part now because the ugly stage is the stage i have the most freedom in you know, yeah. I'm just like, wow, I get to make it uh, uh, as ugly as I want and explore because I know it's not going to be the final piece, you know, that nobody has to see this besides me. Right. And even if I did share it, I still know it's got, it's a layering process, just like anything you do. Right. Really. And you can love it a lot more when you, I don't know, give yourself the space. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's 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 a good segue. Giving yourself the space. So like let's rewind a couple years and talk about like where you were at and uh how you've since created the space for art 
and um, how that's how that started and maybe a little bit about like that journey because I think if there's a lot of people um, I was talking to my buddy yesterday who he can't wait to just like he's doing everything he can to get some financial freedom and time freedom so that he can figure out what that thing is he doesn't even know like exactly what it's going to be but he knows there's something more than a nine to five for him mm-hmm. and he's determined to figure out what that is and, and go on that journey and explore and find out and seems like you've connected to that and found some version of that and it looks like i mean it's beautiful it's like hanging up on the wall <laughs> you know it's our mural and so yeah what's how did that journey start and like because i remember yeah a couple years ago you weren't you're a different person. Yeah. So back in 2019, uh, so no, it was December 2018. Okay. Um, I stumbled upon um, this mastery program is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an art course. And I'd been thinking about going to college to do art and like, I knew that I was unhappy in my job. I knew that I wasn't living and fulfilling my true potential. Like it was a very limiting space for me mm-hmm. um, creatively and just all of it. <laughs> like I couldn't really breathe without asking for permission. And what was in your job was at the, so, at the school? Yeah, I worked at a school and I loved connecting with the age group. They were six-year-olds, you know, first grade. There was a lot of their creativity even being um kind of stomped on you know Mm. like they wanted to express themselves so much and yet they had to sit in a seat and be quiet and listen and Mm. i kind of felt that pain Mm -hmm. (laughs) like well aren't we all here to learn and discover and explore yet we're just being fed the same things you know like Mm. and being told it's important and not taught, really taught how to think. Yeah, what, not what, really coming to it on our own, but just yeah, very much being just spoon absorb, fed all absorb of it. Absorb all this information, mm-hmm. yeah. Test well on it. Yeah, and I knew for a while that I was unhappy, but I didn't have the next step figured out and I didn't didn't really have the courage I think at that point to choose myself and to choose what I wanted like I knew it was going to be something creative. Well, I I think a big part that got me started was having um, an experience where I took MDMA with you and I met a whole bunch of inspiring artists, people that night. And I, I kept having these conversations with them. Oh, you're an artist? That's real? That can happen? Like... Mm-hmm. Maybe I can do it. And I really started planting the seed and the belief. Well, I went home and literally... Real quick, what was that experience like on MDMA? Because that's the first time you did it, right? Yes. Okay. So, so what, what what was your... If you had to put it into words. It was... Well, I kind of... I would even have to go back a little further because the very first time I ever floated was very similar to the experience on MDMA. And I say that because it was heart opening in a very big way. Mm-hmm. And I I got to... And that was in 2018. Yeah. Earlier it was on. that summer. Yeah. I had... 
I had just made a commitment to myself that I was going to give life another chance, essentially, because I was in a really depressed and dark space. And I was telling my family members, if I don't do something different, I'm going to, like, I see myself spiraling Mm -hmm. really quickly. And it was kind of my way of communicating. I want to do something here because I know my mental state is not good. And I floated a few days later after telling my mom I'm moving out. And that was a big conversation for me. But she totally got it and she supported it. I moved out. I went and floated. And I had an experience of just kind of separating from the girl that I'd always identified myself as. Mm -hmm. Being very insecure. My thoughts were very um, negative towards myself. And... I just kind of saw her and cried for her and empathized and had so much compassion. Like, Mm -hmm. why did she hate herself so much? I couldn't, I couldn't see it because I had in a way become an observer. Right. And I was like, I, I pulled back from being so up close and could see her as I would see my sister or my friend, you know, And I just had a huge explosion of just self-love, like love cut through all of that self-loathing, you know, like that darkness. Exactly. And it was like my saving grace. It was like, I will give this another shot. Um, I'm never going to abandon myself the same way. (laughs) Yeah. Which caveat, I think we took edibles before that float, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, so... So I'm a a lunatic. I'm like, here, (laughs) eat this. Get in this float tank. (laughs) No, I I think that's important to mention because it it helped me get out of my head. And my head, I'd been trapped in my head and in this, like, looping thoughts of just, I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. It just Um, destabilizes all of that. Like, it rips you out of that mindset into something totally new. But... uh, like interject a little caveat here because I think that could be even that could be destabilizing for some people. Oh, yeah. Like for some people, especially if you've never done edibles or if you've never floated and then all of a sudden you're doing both at the same time, um, you're going to experience an altered state of consciousness. Oh, yeah. You're going to experience something that's different than your but it, But reality. I needed it. I could tell because... Yeah. Um, I can remember it so well. <laughs> the ver- the first 15 minutes were um, my thoughts racing and yeah, racing yeah. and they got louder and faster and harder and just they kind of built to a point where you could almost say the, the noise had to break through a ceiling uh-huh. and shatter it. Uh-huh. And it felt like all the voices of all the people that I'd ever tried to please in my head uh-huh. just being turned up to the point where it broke the box that had been suffocating me and everything went silent after that complete silence in a way I'd never experienced in my head stillness stillness tranquility the thought that came to me was be still and know that I am God (laughs) and I was like wow I understand (laughs) I understand because it's like an experiential thing when you when it all all the noise all the dials of all the different inputs go way down including like your own mm-hmm. internal monologue and everything comes to a complete stop stillness that's when you can feel it like that's mm-hmm. when you can feel like the vibrational like undertone of of like love that goes underneath the whole like the backdrop to the whole universe yes 
Yes, I was flooded with love. And it was love for myself in a way that I had shut off from Mm -hmm. because I had put a lot of my worth in what other people said and wanted. And I had to kind of stop and reflect in that moment and observe how I had really been treating myself inwardly. And it wasn't pretty. It wasn't kind. And I knew that I couldn't love my neighbor as myself, you know, in a space where I hated myself. Right. I truly hated. And it just, it kept me at, at war. And I couldn't ever make a decision in my life and feel good about it. All the big decisions, like, were usually, I would turn to something or someone that I thought was an authority that had more wisdom, that had more knowledge. And just completely invalidated my own feelings all the time and floating has given me a space to be like what do I feel what is here what am I saying you know Mm -hmm. and observe that and the first time I did that was just it was huge it was transformational so I got out of that feeling kind of reborn Yeah, first time I did edibles in the tank, I felt reborn. (laughs) Yeah, I got out of that like, oh, I can never go back. I can never go back. I don't want to be in suffering to that extent anymore. Right. Because that's what it was. It was just mental, internal Yeah, and it's like you were being, like you didn't realize it because it was just the regular way things were. Mm -hmm. But then you like, the waterboarding stopped and you came up for air and you like, your head came up out of the smog and you were like, holy shit, there's like sunshine above these clouds. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. can see clearly now for a second and then you get out of the tank and, and you have that clarity, those like that moment. And even if you go back to your life and it like, it kind of goes away or it kind of fogs, like it gets foggy again or whatever, you still have a reference point. You uh-huh. still have like this experience, this feeling that you fucking know is real because you experienced it yourself. Yeah. And it's not like some guru's wisdom or some like <laughs> patriarchal authority, <laughs> like some priest. It's like, I wasn't going off somebody else's words. No, for sure. it was an experience you. that I went through that to this day, like I said, I remember crystal clear. Like I got out and was coming back into my body like, wow, I can... I can actually be reborn as a person and have another chance at all of it. Wasn't, I remember like that first time coming out of the tank um, and just like turning on the shower and just the sound of the water hitting the tile was like music to my ears. <laughs> and I just remember like every, like just being enthralled with like the sensory experience of being alive uh-huh. and just seeing how like I'm like dancing to the fucking shower and just be like, wow, this is, this is fun. Like this is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be a good time. It's supposed to be play. Life's supposed to be enjoyment and a celebration. Yeah. You you and I went to eat after that. And I remember just looking at the food like wow, you know, <laughs> like I can just take in the food and, and appreciate and connect. I was connecting to everything and absorbing things just a mm. lot more visually. And I looked around at everybody and I I kept getting this feeling like how disconnected they felt yeah. from what they were doing in their food. And I don't know if that was just because, you know, I'd almost walked over into a world where I had come from being very disconnected from myself mm. into connecting again. And it was just like, 
looking at people and seeing them kind of dead in the eyes like yeah it's hard yeah um like i just came back from like when i was in columbia i mean you spend 10 12 days 100 percent just reconnecting to nature drinking like spring water eating nothing but like homemade organic food having no phone or technology and just real conversations real eye contact real experiences just like human to human things that are happening and then a shit ton of like psychedelics you know what i mean so it's like all those things bringing you into a connected presence and a different way of of perspective a different way of seeing things and then i land in the airport in fort lauderdale and it's just like oh my god Mm -hmm. like they just want me to dump out my my spring water at security. They're like, you can't have this. It's like you're you're a threat. <laughs> and everybody, I mean, I'm just sitting in the airport, and it's just like I can feel it pulling me. Mm-hmm. I can feel it sucking me down, pulling yep. me down, and I'm just getting negative. Just but it makes sense. Like, makes sense why when everybody's functioning with those thoughts, right, on their self, like there's self rejection and mm-hmm. self loathing and. I'm not good enough for the world. I'm not beautiful enough, you know, and then they yeah. end up eating their feelings like I did, you know, Yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, whatever it is, drinking to uh-huh. numb it, whatever. Like there's distract yourself with your phone or your Netflix, whatever. There's like a thousand ways to, to avoid or try to avoid the, the, like to not be in that stillness, you know? Yeah. Like, that's that thing seems to terrify people like wait sit alone with all of this sit alone with all these thoughts sit alone well, with these traumas sit the alone first with all fe- stuff. the first 15 minutes of it were really hard to endure i would say because i was it's almost like it was sped up and amplified in my head mm-hmm. and then i finally i just was like ah this is enough you know and it broke through it all and just after that, it was like, I, I, I just cried and then I laughed. <laughs> I was like, it was emotional. And I, and I was like, wow, I have never really sat with myself and given myself the space to process how it feels to let everything out that I've been hiding and holding and silencing for a long time you know so did that was that uh, a catalyst towards towards the art journey to a lot of things yeah to a lot of things a lot of things so i would say it's like an onion you know layers um where it slowly kind of has built momentum since then right but it opened a door for me for sure so that was the summer of 2018 and then in the right around your birthday right around christmas yeah. we did mdma yes okay so then I had a another heart opening experience where I fell in love with the world and the people around me and I felt a connection to everyone and everything in a way that I felt like I could do anything and be supported, truly supported by the universe. And that's when I was like, well, what's what is it that I want? I want to be free and I want to um, be creative and I want to just, you know, bring color into the world. Mm. And art has been something that I, I don't think I really explored as a kid. So it kind of surprises me that I am doing it so much now. 
but it's what it brings to me, which is this feeling of freedom that my spirit seeks, you know, and truth about myself, understanding who I am. Um, and definitely the explorer. I would yeah. say those are big, big things about me that I've discovered. So I met an artist lady that night. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of them actually. And they really inspired me basically. Yeah, this is what I do. It's totally possible. And I'm like, wow, so expanded. <laughs> yeah. While she's like taking shots in her Santa suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm from a small town mm. and maybe there's two other artists and they kind of also live within the town's parameters of what it means. No, there's way so. more than two artists. There's just a bunch of people who haven't found it. Yes, or who, I agree. Or who, who lost it. Um, it. Maybe it was in first grade. I was going to say, I'm a, I see it in first grade and there are a lot of artists and that's one of the first things to get shut down because yeah. you don't learn that same way as the school teaches you to learn it's very much different and yeah. you need a lot of room to explore well i th i th and i think teachers a lot of them are well-intentioned and it's not necessarily like bad humans bad people yeah. but what we have is like a systemic oh yeah teachers are uh, shut we have down a, too we have like leftovers from like a system that was designed to build factory workers so we're in other words we're trying to fit a bunch of different shapes into like one pet one hole mm -hmm. like one round hole one or whatever mold. a bunch of different shaped pegs and yeah we're trying to we're it's like pink floyd's the wall well you know? it's literally like the fact that uniform. every kid has to be stuffed into a uniform i like Ugh. there's red flags everywhere and i was yeah. like i don't i don't want to be a teacher i thought i might have but i don't want to do that knowing that my freedoms will be sucked from me like yeah no thank you do the uniform thing yeah yeah and individuality for me is something to be celebrated exactly. in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, because each person comes in with a totally different set of gifts, mm -hmm. totally different set of everything. And uh, if people are allowed and encouraged to grow and explore and develop those gifts and to flourish and thrive, then the collective, the community, is going to be a thousand percent better off because you have a bunch of like empowered sovereign people mm -hmm. individually then coming together and standing together and working together and collaborating together that that's a tribe mm -hmm. like a tribe has got to be built 100 percent on the foundation that like everybody empowers each other builds each other up and it's like okay what do you have for us like what gifts do you have for us instead of just like forcing everybody into the same goddamn mold mm -hmm. or Whatever it is, you know, like what what you want them to be, whether it's a good priesthood boy or whether it's an architect or, or a, you know, a right. doctor or a lawyer or whatever. Well, uh, it just like the way that I got to kind of experience it was even just trying to get kids up to a certain reading level, right? I mean, we literally have labels for everything. There were the red kids, the green kids, the yellow kids, the blue kids, like, and it kind of classified them like, they're not ready to move on in their reading or, yeah. you know, we got to push them here and give them interventions. And I kind of just felt like it was really boxing everyone. And mm. by the end of it, my only goal when I went to work and showed up was to give the kids a space to, to just 
express honestly if they wanted to sit on my lap I let them like if they if they I I tried to give them back some semblance of control and Mm -hmm. so I realized I couldn't do that and you know be a good employee (laughs) and in the end the best example for them was to go out and live my life yeah I mean eventually you did art camp right Yes, I did an art camp for the summer and I got a lot of positive feedback because um, really my mentality was the kids can do it all if they just have a little bit of structure in the sense of, you know, here are the tools and here's a little bit of guidance, but I want to see what you guys do with this, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was, that sounds cool. Um so like what was after after mdma um and reconnecting to to like this this feeling of of love i was very nourished by that experience and Mm -hmm. it gave me um i guess that courage to take the leap i was looking for here's the awesome part right once i kind of decided i'd planted the seed I went home and I was just scrolling on Instagram and I came across um, Ellie and Demetra and they're my teachers, right? Yeah. And they were talking about setting New Year, a New Year, uh, what do they call it? Kind of like an intention, like your list of a power statement. That's what it's called, mm-hmm. a power statement. And you write down your intentions essentially and you read them and all that and and it just struck something in me. It was really empowering the way they were speaking. And it was all about, it is possible to be an artist. If you, you know, you can start anywhere and you can take it to the professional level. You know, you can use it as a hobby. It's just like anywhere you want to go. And all this stuff just was kind of reverberating in my head from the experience I had. And so I said, you know, what the fuck? I'm going to take the leap. (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to pay for this, but it's hitting on everything. I didn't want to go to college and get into debt. And I didn't want to, you know, go through all the bullshit of taking classes I didn't want to. And it just gave me all the freedom and more. And I was like, yeah, I need, they're the mentors I need. I'm going to do this. And so I signed up without any sort of plan for the next month or whatever. And started in January, the new year of 2019. And it was like, bam, bam, bam. I decided to be an artist and there it was. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> that was the first thing of, yes, the universe is supporting this. I just, I got to keep. Yeah. Well, first trusting. you had to cross the threshold. You had to take the step yourself. Like you had to sign up. Yes, I did. Because it's like, even if you don't, even if you don't know how it's going to unfold, you don't know how you're going to pay for it, like whatever, you don't have a shot at if you don't sign up. Like if you don't mm-hmm. take that step and, and go for it, then nothing can happen. Which is why having the experience I had previous two weeks, you know, before really gave With me MDMA. that, yeah, gave me that um, inner intuition of yeah, I can do this and I know everything will work out because I had that feeling that the universe completely, you know, catch me. It'll yeah. catch me and everything will unfold. Like it had brought me this opportunity. So I just have to take the first step. I signed up three months into it. I was like, okay, I can't afford this. And it's, a, it's a little payment, but I, I couldn't afford it. And, um, I was struggling thinking about quitting. And that's when you texted me basically saying you had had a dream that I was in trouble and 
called me up and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about quitting art school. And you said, well, I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to help you (laughs) (laughs) and paid for, I don't know, the entire rest of the school tuition and all my supplies in return for the mural here. And so it was like another obstacle just wiped out of my way. (laughs) It's funny because we both were taking leaps because like you, you committed to this, to, to, to the school mm-hmm. and to starting and then like in a way me me like i mean i would have done it either way whether this ever got built or not but like i was saying yeah like maybe maybe i'll build a float center and maybe <laughs> there'll be a mural and if there is then this will be <laughs> this would be an awesome trade uh it'll be a worthwhile exchange but um yeah it was just another leap of faith because I, right. I i didn't know i mean like the mural now like I had no idea that this is what was going to be manifested out of all of that I just remember you saying hey we got to get you through the school first and so you can know how to do all of this and then you know at that point repayment is whatever like yeah it'll it'll work itself out and it was just very encouraging to hear another person supporting me but also like you know, the universe trusting and giving me that next step again. And so I was like, okay, I can do this. I can go forward. And May comes around and I, I decided, yeah, it's time to quit. So I quit my job at the school. Which you've been there for? Seven years. Wow. A long time. Pretty much your main gig. It was a comfort zone. Your main gig for like your whole adult life. Yes. And, you know, I have family members who work there and I went to school there. So it was very much um, a small bubble for me yeah. to be in. And I mean, it's just a couple blocks away, walking to work and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So me, I think I had to kind of go into it blindly trusting because if I had thought about all the steps after and everything, I think I would have been a little paralyzed by um just fear of how am I gonna take care of myself and yeah so I I blindly I'm gonna I'm gonna quit because I know that's the next step and I know that's the right decision because you felt like it was kind of what like eating up bandwidth and and holding you back from like really being able to step into this whole art thing yes very much so like art takes um especially when you go into it with your whole heart it takes a lot of your mental capacity Mm -hmm. to you know delve into that but I had a lot to learn so I quit and I had a little bit of savings pulled out my tiny little retirement (laughs) and (laughs) and I was like you know it's going to serve me now more than it will in 60 years or whatever and it did got me through the summer I did art camp um was on a roll, super inspired by the kids, was building my portfolio, which is hanging in here today. Yeah. Um, Which is, by the way, we'll talk about this later, but crazy synchronous how your portfolio meshes with True North, but go ahead. Well, uh, what's so beautiful about the program that I was doing is they, they really tap into your voice and the symbols and the things that represent you, right? So... Anything that you're attracted to holds meaning, right? It's a reflection of what's dear to you. Mm -hmm. And the astronaut was something that I realized I have this, you know, explorer in me. Mm -hmm. And I was absolutely exploring what it meant to be an artist, what it meant to live a life on my own terms. 
and um, floating, right? It, it really got me into this space of just opening myself and my mind to possibilities. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to do a whole series around this. And the name kind of came to me as The Voyage Home. This is The Voyage Home. And the very first painting was called Voyager. And it, it which represented... we have a float tank named Voyager, which yeah. just, I just floated in. <laughs> I just floated in, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what the hell? <laughs> That's totally random. Well, it it was um, very synchronistic, right? But... In, like, a thousand ways. Yeah. No, so, like, you had Voyager, but... So, at the time you're painting this, I'm... I mean, I'm in Asia, then I'm in, like... Yeah, so this was probably, what, the summer, fall? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. like, I was still traveling. I was in, like, traveling yeah. the western states and, like, coming back down through Canada and stuff, and <clears throat> pretty sure we landed here in August. So you're, like, doing this portfolio. I'm just traveling, not even thinking about the float center other than, like, it's just a thing that's going to happen when I stop traveling. And then uh, I land in St. George and start working on it, start forming the company, start planning the business plan, doing all that stuff. October rolls around and I get my friend Kenzie, who's the graphic mm. designer who did all of our logo and branding. She comes out to Southern Utah to like work on the branding identity with me. I haven't even like, like your, your stuff's happening kind of separately, your art. Yep. <laughs> and then I, in the branding identity process, we come down, like she helps me kind of nail down like what this is all about. And it comes down to like three pillars, which is health, discovery, metamorphosis. And that's because to me, that's just been what a float tank is to me. Like that's what it's helped me find is health. It's helped me discover more of who I am, more of my authentic self. Once I found that, that health and freed up that free space to then go on that voyage, you know, mm -hmm. of discovery. And then once you discover like, who that guy looks like you start to transform you know what i mean like you have to get the image you have to get like the you have to see a glimpse of it you have to connect to something from the void that hasn't been created yet right mm -hmm. like whether it's like i'm gonna fall in love and travel the world like that's an idea it's just a fucking idea that's just floating around in the ether in the void and then it happens because you take the steps like you 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 step into it you know what i mean yep you bought you booked the flight you book the flight and then like before you book, the, before you even get on the plane, the girl walks into your life. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy. It's like Inception. Yeah, very it's, much. It's, it's like a video game. It's like, <laughs> it's bizarre. Um, but Kenzie helps me nail down these branding pillars and we come up with some imagery for it, obviously. Right. So water for health, uh, astronaut for discovery because he's the ultimate explorer on the frontier and well really our astronauts more like a psychonaut because he's like doing lotus like he's he's in meditation right like he's exploring the frontier of consciousness, consciousness. Yeah, yeah like the human human mind and uh and then the third pillar is metamorphosis transformation which was the butterfly Butterflies. right it's a perfect symbol for that and then like you roll out this whole uh voyage home series and it's just astronauts <laughs> and butterflies it's like <laughs> everywhere like every painting i know i think I think um, you traveling was very inspiring to me because I could see it uh, as another expand an expansion, right? Like see to believe it to be true, that possible. And 
So for me, a lot of it starts with an idea and an image and moves into a painting. And then from that painting into real life, into reality. And so a lot of the time I'll paint something and then I'll have an experience that surrounds why I painted it or what it means, a deeper meaning for me in my life. And it's very synchronistic. And then I'm like, wow, universe, you know, like I... I can see how when I step in and free myself up to allowing whatever needs to come through and don't really question it, I just, I do, then it's really beautiful how it always comes full circle and is like um, the perfect thing that I needed to hear in that moment to give me a renewed sense of my purpose and just like, yeah, I am, I'm following my path. Yeah. <laughs> And it feels really good. It does feel good, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. When you know, you have that reassurance. Like, even if it's like, you don't know what the next steps look like or whatever, there's still some sort of reassurance. Like, I'm all in on this, you know? It feels good oh, to yeah. know that this is something worth going all in on, like worth betting on. And always like, when I surrender and let go, something even better presents itself. Yeah. That's part of the, mm-hmm. like... Like I was saying, like with healing, letting most of it's just letting go. <clears throat> and that's what the flow tank's so great for. It's like letting go. It's like just fucking stop what mm-hmm. you're doing and let go. And oh, just yeah. like come to stillness and let it all float away. Oh yeah. I I've taking I've taken enough uh leaps, I I would say, that I'm I'm starting to get a lot more comfortable with that feeling of floating right that free falling feeling of there's Mm. no gravity right that's kind of destabilizing at first but then you're like wow i'm completely supported like you feel it yeah it's a weight it's a freedom it's complete freedom yeah you don't have to try yeah exactly you have to just let go freedom of of doing really anything freedom from being a person if you don't Mm. want to be a person Mm. (laughs) you know yeah you need to take off that hat that ego that story that inner monologue then self-narrative that self self-authoring narrative that's constantly just being perpetuated and you're constantly just really living your life in response to what's going on in your head not necessarily like from a place of true sovereignty and authenticity you're you're more of just responding or reacting to mm-hmm. whatever whatever emotions or thoughts come up mm-hmm. you get hijacked well and your thoughts are you know, a product of the subconscious, right? And everything that's gone into your subconscious as a child. And so you can be living from a very subconscious, like automatic place without really realizing it. Yeah. It's mostly autopilot. Yeah. Like most of what people's behavior is, is autopilot. I would say very little of it. If you look at like collectively, it's, it's conscious, like intentional behavior. What's, What's been really eye-opening for me, though, when it comes to creating art has been, like, allowing my subconscious to do the creating, essentially. So when I have no plan, I end up making, I think, better art <laughs> right. than if I try to come at it consciously. I mean, I can do I can do both. Sometimes it's nice to be, like, have a little balance of both. Um but when I get really right-brained and I'm just like, okay, I have this canvas, black or white, and I can, it can go anywhere it wants. I'm just going to watch it, essentially. And I get really lost in the colors and I get 
really free with just the way my arms want to move around and play and then just like a child would right yeah and i step back see the piece and i'm like wow that was fun and then a week later i'm like holy shit i experienced this piece in real life and i have a an experience that is like wow i painted that without knowing any of that but my subconscious did i mean yeah. knew something was gonna play out I yeah guess. or you so you connected to something some creative mm-hmm. river of of energy yeah. some some vo- from the void you connected to something that hadn't existed yet and then you were just an open channel for it to come into the world right I think I think that's really helped me on my journey because I didn't start out that way when I when I first began painting on my own it was a lot of resistance and a lot of perfectionistic mentality like I have to have a plan and it needs to look a certain way and I I would find myself like oh I don't want to I can't go paint like there's just way too much um, analysis going on my brain what are people going to think and it was such a huge reflection for where I was at in my life you Mm -hmm. know and for me to be like in a totally different place where I just can creatively channel, you know, whatever is coming through has been quite a transformation. Yeah. Yeah. I can <laughs> and a fast one. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, no, a fast one. Like you were landlocked at Masada, f- uh, what, two years ago? Yeah. Right? Yeah. 2018. Oh, 2019. You quit in the... I quit in the spring of 2019. Yeah, it's been basically two years. I believe. Oh, wait, is that three years? 2019 you quit? The spring of, Oh, yeah, so it's two years. So I I quit in May and I had the rest of the year where I just focused on art. Right. And I learned a lot. I, I would say I put in a lot of practice and a lot of hours of, you know, perfecting my craft, I guess. But so now, now I feel like I can paint without that... Um, I don't know, not fear, but like, how do I break down the actual idea? You know, like I want to paint this and now I know how to break it down and I know how to put it into layers and I know how to create what it is in my brain. Yeah. Translate it onto something in 2D. Which is something like if you two years ago could see you now, you'd probably be like, really? (laughs) Right? Like... Just, just being able to visualize it when, you know, when you're in the place before it's manifested, it's like super hard to even visualize that it's possible, you know, and you see outside because it's like your, it's kind of, it's, I don't know why this quote's coming to me, but it's like Einstein saying like a problem can't be solved with the same type of thinking that created the problem. Yeah. So you can't see the the solution because you're in the old version you're in the outdated like older type of thinking smaller bubble Mm -hmm. whatever it is whatever you want to call it and so it's like impossible to even really fully understand like what's possible and what can happen and like what's going to be the case in just a short amount of time oh yeah but like as soon as you get your feet on the path like then that's all that really matters yeah no i think that's exactly how my journey has progressed it's been one step in front of the other yeah. like i know this is the next step but if i were to see 20 steps ahead it would have been very overwhelming like i quit and it wasn't too long after that that i ex- I've, 
I experienced the starving artist thing and I very much had fear around what you know security how am I going to financially make it is this really what I want to do because I you know I can't even feed myself yeah and I had to go through that whole mentality of I guess artists can't really make it's not a real career a real way to do anything and just a lot of um showing up and being vulnerable and truthfully realizing I was blocking my own self from any sort of success because I I didn't want to be seen. Mm. You know? I'm an artist but I didn't want to be seen. Right. I didn't so, want my art to be seen. I yeah. knew it was very it was a very big block that I had. I mean, I I totally still I like this trip to Colombia really really helped. But I feel like I'm still going through that process myself <laughs> with even this, just like the podcast. Mm. It's like, uh, do I really want to be heard? Do I even have anything worth fucking sharing? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and and being super cynical and questioning self-doubt, you know, all that stuff. Well, a lot, a lot happened that summer because I also, I did a mushroom trip, you know. Yeah, I was going to bring that up because uh, you, you, uh, I was, I went to the bathroom right before this and there's truth, saw that. truth seeker on the wall with the butterfly yeah. resting on the mushroom. So that was um, that experience. Um, and you were there for that. One of the intentions that I had was <laughs> if, what? Our, if our mother's listening, she'd be like, God damn it. <laughs> Kristen's given hey, well, drugs hold up, twice. Hold <laughs> Just a disclaimer, it wasn't my first time. It wasn't my first time. Oh, yeah. So he didn't introduce me. That was somebody else. Just the the edibles and the MDMA. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But no, I trusted you to, you know, help me on that journey. And one of my intentions was what is my artistic voice? Because I was struggling with knowing, you know, kind of what to say with my art and all that. And the answer I got was you... You're like a well that has run dry in the desert and you've been starved of water and you don't have anything to say. Like your voice is parched. There's nothing there. Uh And I just remember crying like that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. I'm an artist and I have nothing to say. And like what where do I go from here? And I just kind of had to sit with that for a while, not really knowing how it was going to play out. And eventually it just hit me. You don't have anything to say because people like you've given your voice to others. You've been trying Mm. to please people. And as long as you're going to continue to, uh, self reject, I guess Mm. your voice is going to be hidden under the rug. Mm. And one of the biggest acts of courage for me is to share and to speak because it means I'm going to be heard and I'm going to be seen and I'm, yeah. I'm going to take up space in the world. And yeah. And you've been uh, like, I remember like, I mean, we've been, we've been, we've been at this thing called life together pretty much the whole time. Like mm-hmm. I came into it like a year and a half before you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not that much older. <laughs> 18 <laughs> but, months. But my point, but my point is, is like, yeah, I, even as a little girl, I remember you were like that, like your voice got taken away early. Well, that's that's what I've uh, been discovering as I've reconnected with my child self. Mm-hmm. 
I, I used to have a voice. Like as a kid, I used it to declare. Oh, I know. Things. You you came in you came into uh, I don't want to ruffle feathers, but <sighs> fuck it. <clears throat> I think you came into a really, really like we'll call Tumultuous it a, time. We'll, well, we'll call it a dense sort of like frequency. Yeah. Like a dense frequency timeline. Like we both did. Yes. And we reincarnated into like fucking I don't know how many generations of like fundamentalist Mormonism and regular Mormonism, whatever you want to call it, just like patriarchal um, rule of like fit into this mold, put on this, this underwear, mm-hmm. put on this, you know, dress this yeah. way, speak this way, Very behave little this space. way, give yourself mm-hmm. over to uh, men for you. you know, I mean, me too, but like in a different way, right? Like give yourself over to authority and for you literally give yourself to a man, right? whoever we decide, whoever we tell you is right. Uh, and I remember, you know, like as a kid, for me, I had just so many questions. Like for me, it was like, I was really curious and I felt like I just kept asking questions and then I wasn't very old before. Like the, the answers to the questions didn't really stack up. Like yeah. it didn't really start to make sense to me. Oh, I remember a day when... I just heard mom say, do it just because I said, I said so. And that hit me in a way that was like, oh, so because you're the parent and I'm the child and you're bigger and I'm small. And I just, I very much relate to the movie Matilda, if you can. Yeah. 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 So she, she goes on a journey of discovering her power. Yeah. And I just, as a kid recognized how, I didn't have power in the environment I was in because of that mentality. Yeah. I'm bigger and you're small. And once you get bigger, you'll just, you know, you'll have it figured out. You'll figure it out. You'll just make some more kids and then you'll do the same to them. Like Mm -hmm. you'll just force them to be domesticated into whatever way of life happens to you. Like you're just going to continue the cycle of domestication. So we get this beautiful, wild, creative, curious, like inspired, connected, beautiful child, right? And then we just start domesticating the fuck out of them until until they like say the right things and, and, you know, behave when really it's like they're here to teach us a lot of, in a lot of ways, you know? And I'm not saying that kids can't like have boundaries, obviously, and learn how to like live in the world and, you know, but... And we all have to like, we have to like deal with like terrible twos and stuff like toddlers, right? But the the point is, is like you came in with like this, I mean, I remember it like just concentrated no, (laughs) like this just distilled like, sorry, no, this isn't going to work for me. And you would just scream. Yeah. Like you would just like, you would just, you would just like rebel straight Mm -hmm. up and of in the same way that like a wild mustang is gonna rebel oh yeah until it gets broken and eventually got broken oh yeah so i want to share this because this is something i've i've want to know if mother remembers because it's something that stuck with me and i don't want to share it to shame her or anything because it's been a oh no she's a she's an I mean, I don't know what you're going to share, but I'm just going to say like, she's an incredibly beautiful, wonderful yeah. person. And if you look at this cycle of domestication and just go back one generation to her dad and her parents, and, honestly, and I, that f- family. I feel like a lot of my free spirit has come from my mom 
oh yeah has come from her and well we get it from somewhere right? yeah no <laughs> like she there's just a lot of things right but um i was i remember being uh probably three or four and playing with lillian my sister and we were playing barber and <laughs> yeah. she had her two pigtails with her baubles in them and i was thinking Oh, it'd be so fun. You know, we're going to go cut hair. And I chopped them off. I literally cut them off with my little play scissors, both of them, like her pigtails right <laughs> off. And I was following and exploring my curiosity, right? In my head, it was completely innocent. We were playing just like we would make pretend play school. Um, I was probably in preschool because we yeah. did a lot of that. And mom finds out and res- just reacts, just responds. Yeah. Um, and beats me. And maybe as a kid, it was more terrifying, but it was, it was something like I ran from her and she caught me mm. and gave me a beating. And I remember thinking like, what did I do? Like, what did I do? Yeah. Um, I didn't try to hurt you Yeah. and you're hurting me. Yeah. And, and she tried to hold me and love me. And I just, I hated her in that instance. It was like, I hate you for what you did. Why are you trying to love me? Yeah. You know, that's not love. Yeah. And I felt helpless. It was that feeling of, I don't even want you to hold me. You're the last person I want to be around. Mm. And eventually it just got confusing Mm. because I had, I love my abuser, you know, in a sense. And I know now that mother was just like, I mean, like she's not in that space anymore, but it was very much, I think, how she was also she, responding. She's, she's done, I think, everything she, she's done her best with. Right. I mean, like, let's just be honest about the, the level of abuse and her, her family. Like and her, her family. Da- her dad, like, <laughs> it's gnarly. It's well, fucking gnarly. <sighs> and, and so, like, just the fact that in one generation we can, we can clean that up is pretty beautiful. And it's, uh, it's ugly too, because obviously like we have to go through this, these experiences and that taught you, I mean, you taught her something. I mean, like you pretty much shifted her whole parenting trajectory in a major way because you, you, you were like this strong, like just very potent, uh, like uncompromising, just like voice that was un- unignorable. I mean, if you have a little kid saying that to you, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. It's like, that's going to have an impact. And I think you totally had an impact. I think when she realized that you weren't going to be like forced physically into compliance mm-hmm. the same way as the other kids, then it, she started to change well, like her, her process. And, and honestly, that's just like, that was the Hammond way. That was just how she was right. raised. Like, She's doing her best. I don't hold any resentment towards her yeah. now, but it was like. I was a very sensitive child. Oh yeah. I mean, you're hypersensitive to things. I took in a lot. And so when someone's energy is, you know, crossing a boundary with me and then to not internalize that as a kid and, you know, think of it as an absolute, Mm -hmm. you know, I think I started thinking, well, in order to receive love, I have to do what I'm told and I have to please these people yeah. and I never really know if they're going to con- turn on me or not, you know, yeah, it's conditional. Yeah. It was, it was very much, um, 
unsafe in it's, a sense. It's a it's really like a survival yeah. technique from the ego. Yeah, I was right. Coping. And so I think that's happening. I think if we were all being honest with ourselves, we can probably trace back some sort of experience like this. Um, whatever, it's gonna look different for everyone, but at some point people tend to like retreat into an ego as for protection. Yes. You know, for survival. Yes, because I, w I went from a girl that would scream at the top of her lungs. Yeah. You know, like I am clearly stating my boundary here. I'm yeah. not going to do that yeah. to a very deep people pleaser. And a quiet one. Very quiet. Very like my super, my power became how invisible can I get? Right. How under the radar can I stay because then people will leave me alone right. like and confrontation was my biggest fear right because I knew in those instances I was helpless mm -hmm. it, and I would always want to flee you know I'd want to mm -hmm. run away versus hurting someone because I knew what it was like to be hurt mm -hmm. and I I didn't want to do that to anybody yeah you know yeah um I mean we all We've all picked up scars along the way. And um, the, the, the beautiful thing about it, like in hindsight, it's, it's, it's rough when you're going through it. But mm -hmm. in hindsight, you can say like, wow, that's actually that scar, that pain has turned out to be like a really treasured oh, yeah. piece of healing, like a, a really beautiful lesson yeah. and, and something that like, I mean, if we're going to, you know, go out I mean, on a limb and speculate about like divine like placement like did we yeah. choose to be here or whatever <clears throat> did we choose our mom did we choose these experiences and if we did then it's well yeah it makes sense like we wanted to learn these things we wanted to upgrade and level up and like gain this knowledge and this experience and this wisdom and maybe that's like necessary so that we can bring in uh, a batch of of beautiful connected humans that are going to stay that way right Right. I, I definitely treasure that moment now because I've gone and done the healing with that little girl yeah. where I, I had to go in and I, in a sense, become mom, but in her magnetic version where she handled it in a way that she wasn't reacting mm. in her trauma. She saw me and said, oh, sweetie we don't use scissors to cut hair. We, you know, and she, and she <laughs> would tell do, me, but not four year olds. <laughs> right. Right. And, and I just responded totally different and it didn't shut down that exploration in me, which yeah. this whole thing was about. Right. I realized I needed that younger self to feel like she could still explore because fast forward to the adult self and I can't, I can't create, I can't explore. I have a fear around that. Like if I do, I'm going to get hurt. I'm yeah. going to get pain and suffering and all this. And so these moments that we're talking about become powerful when you also do the healing around them. Yeah. And, and honestly, like we, this shouldn't, this is really isn't even a conversation about mom at all. Right. What it is, if we're talking about like what caused this thing to happen, this wound to be made, this, this fracturing of like this disconnection of you to like an authentic 
wild spirit, mm-hmm. right? Like that's because like the, the anyone who has been around kids knows like the, the spirit comes in wild. Mm-hmm. It comes in and undomesticated and wild, just like it's a fucking animal. It's I mean, completely free. It's free. Yeah, completely. free. And and it's something to that. That's really beautiful. Right. Like I was in when I was in Columbia, they had some horses there on the property and a bunch of them were older that had been like broken and they were riding them. They, they actually, I think, were kind of helping the horses, rehabilitating them because they had been like mistreated and they were they were like trying to get them up to full health and stuff. I think they kind of inherited it with the land or something. But there's this wild, like younger uh, female. I keep forgetting what you call a young female horse <laughs> like a foal no it's not that young but oh. um anyways she's about a, i don't know not old enough to ride hasn't been broken wild and she's just running around doing her thing making a bunch of ruckus oh, a filly yeah Is that yeah, what they're called? Philly, yeah yeah and mm. and it was something beautiful about it just like that's like that's the way i mean i don't know it's just like it made me smile like it made me happy that this horse is like running up and down the hill and like you know like wild mm-hmm. and it was just really cool to see and but anyways my point is is the reason that that got squashed isn't because our mother's a bad person that's nothing right. nothing like that at all it's because there is a gen intergenerational systemic squashing mechanism and for lack of a better term i'm going to call it priesthood because that seems to be the most measurable tangible thing that uh i can point to but really i mean you call it the patriarchy you could call it uh uh whatever it's not unique to even mormonism mm-hmm. or anything either it's like this is just looking in our past like we all have this inherited ancestral trauma where like humans have been like horrible to each other in the past like just look backwards in any direction <laughs> in yep. the past and it's rough it's it's rough there's just a bunch of war and violence and human to human bullshit and people breaking, uh, like people retreating into ego out of fear and survival, you know? And so like what happens to our mom that was replicated on a lesser scale to us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To a point and then, and then like, uh, you know, pretty much the younger kids, like got none of that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she, well, what you what you don't manage to heal in yourself ends up being passed on, right? Yeah, it's just like, your bl- whatever your blind spots are are gonna, are gonna go on, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that's what's so beautiful about dogs is they're like little mirrors, and oh, they're like, boy. oh, you have a little anger. <laughs> oh, let me shit on your floor and show it to you. You know, yeah. Like let me just show you just, this anger. I was just gonna say, I I have a hard time even putting a collar on my dog Echo because. I I do that and I just feel like I'm collaring my own yeah. my own neck and I'm like how would she feel because I know everything has a a level of some sort of consciousness to it you know right and it especially a dog that can empathize and sit yeah. by you and love you yeah she's like what did I do you right. know and I'm like no I I want to encourage this free spirit in her but help her understand the boundaries around yeah other people so she like runs off and doesn't have a collar and then yeah just, you know people just take her to the <laughs> yeah. pound you know it's so yeah obviously it sucks because it's like you've got the one you know the thing you're trying to preserve yeah it's it's a it's a huge dilemma when it comes to mm-hmm. things like dogs you're gonna neuter him because that's gonna take away is mm-hmm. what he's born to do which is like try to dominate in the dominance hierarchy 
you know, and he's going to get in your face all the time and he's going to like yeah. pump everything, <laughs> you know? So, but like, I, I feel like, um, the, the systemic process, right? Like since we're both from the same family, the same little town, the same community, um, we were just steeped in it. So yeah. it's like, it wasn't just, it wasn't just our parents at all. It was like, what were you getting at school? What were you getting at church? Mm-hmm. Was that supportive of that creative force that you, you know, you were trying to channel? Was it supportive of like trying to be your most authentic self? So what I'm wondering is like, how did this stepping into the art, like we've talked about also seems like it's been a decoupling from something else, a decoupling from some previous set of, um, uh, uh, let's just call it an ideology. Limiting beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, Mm -hmm. like an ideology or limiting belief or a cult or whatever you want to call it that you were, you were very much, I mean, you were steeped in your whole life. Right. And so like, was, was this journey into art, into this creative place, did that automatically take you out? Like, no. Like, what was the, what was the process like? So, uh, it threw me back into exploration, right? And, um, I started exploring art and myself and what lit me up and just giving myself space to to be again and not be invisible and it was really scary at first I I experienced a lot of um I call them blocks because I wouldn't like I would love painting and then I would come up to a block or resistance with it or something and instead of being able to work through it I would usually just avoid (laughs) and it would always make me feel worse and it start reflecting my life you know and I had I just had some experiences that really woke me the fuck up like I got into a car accident like Mm three days before I got married Mm. and it was another rebirth, I would say to the fact that I'm alive and why am I playing it small? And, Mm. and I just started looking at my life like, I don't want to regret a single damn thing. Mm -hmm. And why am I playing small? And it always came back to, well, you've always wrapped yourself up into what other people think of you. And in our culture, there are certain people that that really mattered, really mattered what they thought of you because it was almost your tie to heaven and salvation. And if you were good enough as right, a, like as a was, person. Well, in other words, it was a tie to your blessings. My blessings, yeah, yeah like directly. Your status uh, to, let's say, an apostle or to like, you know, a leader is going to directly impact your blessings for eternity, right? Like what kind of marriage are you going to get? Are you going to mm-hmm. get married? Like... Oh, and and even more directly to my own parents who I really cherished what they thought of me Mm -hmm. to the point that like if, if I thought dad was going to disapprove, I wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And even if my soul was calling me to do it, you know, even if it was saying, hey, you want to explore this? Wait a minute. That voice comes into my head. You can't explore this. You know that it's not going to go anywhere good, you know, and then I would, you know, go down that path of 
yeah, I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything. Dad knows everything. Mm-hmm. And just completely invalidate myself. Mm-hmm. Well, with art and showing up every day and just being vulnerable over and over again, I, I got to know myself and started becoming more courageous. It gave me a space to exist again. And I started sharing it a little bit at a time and recognizing as I explored that I really liked this girl. She had a lot to offer. And now I'm of the mindset that if people, if I can show up as myself and people don't love me, that's on them. Mm -hmm. Like I love me Mm -hmm. and that's the only approval I need because I'm with myself. And it's it's the same idea. Mm -hmm. Like, these men are like, they're going to help me through this marriage process maybe, but they're not going to be married. Exactly. In my <laughs> life. And not only that, but <clears throat> we all face death alone. Oh yeah. So like what kind of life are oh, you yeah. going to have to look back on? Well, and I faced it. I've like, I was in that car spinning about to in my head, like impact, right? I'm yeah. going to, I might die. Yeah. It's immediate. It's here. Yeah. And I just thought, Okay. I mean, like, there's nothing I can do but surrender. Yeah. I lived through it and got out just feeling like, wow, another opportunity. Yeah. I'm meant to be here. Yeah. I'm going to take up some space. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, there you it, go. it was just a rebirth of, like, my soul. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you, you were asleep and we needed to wake you up. Yeah. There's a, the, this book, The Immortality Key, that I, that I really love. I've talked about it on the podcast before, Brian Murray Rescue. But there's a quote from it from, uh, I think, Ancient Greece, and it's uh, about the mysteries of Eleusis and, like, basically the whole kind of in a nutshell why they were had the, these mysteries and why there was this kukion, this, like, psychedelic potion that they mm. were drinking and all these, like, philosophers and emperors and everybody who was anybody was traveling to Eleusis. Um and it was basically like the the gem of Athens. And the quote basically translates to like, to die before you die. Mm. Uh, Sets you free almost. Yeah, it's basically like it, to die before you die uh, means that you won't die when you die. Right. Like, you see what I mean? Like you're <clears throat> you're basically uh, not going to be trapped by death and living in, in fear of death. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it frees you like in a way that you just mentioned, like, when you realize the temporal nature of all of this, you're like, yeah. oh yeah, we're just here yeah. for a second. <clears throat> like, this is all going to be blown away. It's all going to be blown away. Well, and I, like I had to recognize like all my fears around death were because I, I thought I wasn't going to be well received, right? On the other side, like I wasn't loved here and I wasn't going to be loved there. Yes, you know? that's what I'm saying is, is it's part of this, this inherited ideology this mm-hmm. intergenerational uh, story that's been existing. I mean, on a grander scale, just in Western civilization. I mean, Christian Christians. I mean, there's like, two, like a third of the world or something. You know, or well, two thirds. It's like a shitload. It's like that's a couple because billion. if you have a person who feels completely liberated with their choice and they're they're they have complete freedom in their choices of their own life, sovereignty. You do not control them yeah and life looks totally different yeah exactly it's called sovereignty 
It's like when you are the author of your own story, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You're sovereign. And then you're a troublemaker. You're a heretic. You know what I mean? You you need to be burned alive in the square in front of everybody so they know what happens to heretics who say things different than the church. Yep. You know? That's what we used to do. That's what we used to do to people who said shit differently. Oh, we're going to burn you alive in front of everyone. Oh, well, you're making, you're making, uh, you're, you're making something, you're making a, a sacrament different than our grape juice. You're making something that's psychedelic. Oh, let's burn you and let's burn your daughter too. So that she doesn't know how to pass that recipe on. Well, the, the beautiful experience about the way I was in my car accident was that I knew even that experience was designed so perfectly mm. to me like just like I wasn't in any real danger of dying but I needed to be faced with my death which is a a better way than a car accident is a psychedelics experience oh yeah in my opinion because there's no physical danger there's very very low risk I mean and if you do the proper like screening there's pretty much no physical risk I mean it's very very rare well I would say some of my experience on psychedelics have been whew, scarier than being than in car. that car. Right. Like I faced deeper things in myself than death. Yeah. My like fear the of meaninglessness of all of existence. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like facing like, uh, oh yeah, I had an experience on ayahuasca where it was like existence. I, I, I basically found myself asking the question, why even fucking breathe? Mm. Why even exist? Why even exist if it's all pain, if it's all suffering? Mm-hmm. Existence is just suffering. Well, I, 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 I mean, this is the darker parts, right, that you go into, but I'm so grateful I did. Like, I got to feel myself being a piece of shit in reality. Like, <laughs> I felt myself to be the shit people walk on. Mm. And I am like, it's so obvious that's how I felt in life. Mm. And I was very much just a rug for people yeah. to walk on. And I needed to feel that and see that. In like a really hardcore, yeah, brutal way. Brutal. So you can be like, oh, no, 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 no mm-hmm. more. Yeah, that I agree. It but, just amplified, but yeah. Yeah, but like there's a uh, beautiful quote. I can't remember who said it, but it's something like along the lines. Oh, man, I'm going to f- butcher it. But <sighs> basically, it's like find something. Uh, find something that gives, what is it? Basically it's something to the effect of like the point of life is like to find something that gives you so much meaning that it makes the suffering of existence invalid. Like the suffering of existence doesn't matter because you found so much meaning in this thing Mm -hmm. or in this, in this life that you're living. Yeah. Cause there's a suffering. It's always gonna be suffering. Oh yeah. Always. Oh yeah. And I, I don't run from suffering the way I did before. Because it's not my entire existence now. Now I go into it like on purpose. <laughs> like yeah. Like going to well, a, you can see. Going to the cold or the sweat lodge or like drink mm-hmm. that drink that goddamn jungle juice, the <laughs> ayahuasca. And it's like suffering. Like you're going to suffer for a period of a few hours that seems like forever. And and go through this process of of coming, like you said, face to face with like those limiting right. structures. that are It's still, only suffering if you are holding to it. Holding on clinging to, it, to it, clinging yeah. to it. Right. And so in, in a lot of ways, when you dive into your suffering, you can see where you need to let go. Right. And 
where it's not serving you anymore. Surrender. It's what's causing the mm-hmm. suffering is that you're ready to let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So floating, I bring it back to that because it's something that has really helped me to let go in a way that I, I wasn't really modeled growing up because I think if you have, you know, healthy models of it, you can, you can learn to let go. But even just, man, I had an experience on that mushroom trip as well, where it was like, I had this big fear of just like shitting my pants in front of somebody. Oh yeah. And I was like, been there (laughs) back to my child self, getting potty trained getting in trouble for pooping my pants. Yeah. And and I'm bringing this up because that was the moment that in my child self, like I I had this absolute statement created. Oh, I have to hold everything in all the time. Internalize. If I let things go, it'll cause me pain. Like it's going to get me in trouble. It's going to get on somebody else, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I had to be faced with it like right then and there. I thought I'd poop myself in front of somebody as an adult and I hadn't, but I thought I had. And to live through that and be like, oh, it's really not that big of a deal. I can let things go. It's a natural process. Yeah. But wow. (laughs) Dude, uh, you're basically describing like my last, I had this experience on ayahuasca. It's the same thing recently in Colombia. And, uh, I'm like really struggling because I feel it coming on. Like I basically, it's not, it's like something that I needed to, sh- to shit. It said I needed to die. It was basically like I, I was going through playing this thing out where I had this fear of like dying and just shitting myself where I was going to be like this disgusting, like corpse, just mm-hmm. like shitting. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? <laughs> and like how humiliating, like how, like how, uh, how like uh like i don't know uncivilized or whatever yeah this weird this weird thing because it's like obviously if you're dead you don't give a flying fuck if you shit your pants or not you're gone right so it's this irrational fear but it's so real while you're experiencing it and so like i'm hanging on like struggling like clinging because i don't want to like lay down because i know if i lay down and, I, and like ayahuasca will just like draw it out like you, to the point uh-huh. where you like don't have the even the energy to walk anymore you gotta like lay down and let them die and so i'm like struggling and this guy uh jacob walks over to me just just to see how i'm doing you know check on me he's one of the facilitators and he's like he's like he's like are you all right and i'm like dude i feel like i'm gonna like if i lay down he's like do you like do you want to lay down i'm like if i feel like if i lay down i'm just gonna die and shit myself and he kind of just pauses and like looks at me for a second. And he's like, and I'm like, we're out in the sun, right? It's like hot as hell. And he's like, well, do you want to go to the shade then? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you want to like at least do it in the shade? <laughs> and I was like, I just laughed. I'm like, I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'll go to the shade. Yeah. Well, what's, what's so crazy is I did, I you were in myself, suffering but... right up to that, right? Like the suffering was just the buildup yeah. of all of it. As soon as I surrendered, it, it passed and. And, uh, but it was, it was a really good experience. It showed me like these weird scenarios that can exist at the end of a life where you're like this, these old people who were like clinging to these weird things. Like mm-hmm. think about like this person who's entitled Royal got all this, like, like maybe money or something. Right. And you've just got like these servants doting on you and taking care of you in your old, in your mansion and your old age. And you're just like, <laughs> you're just always complaining. Everything's an effort and a labor. And it's just like, 
uh, you're just bitter, mm-hmm. you know? And I was still experiencing that. And I was just like, fuck this. And when I went and purged, it was weird. What was coming out, it was like this weird kind of subtle story that slipped in uh, in childhood. It's like this story of like, oh, we're this select chosen few. We're the ones that God's given the ultimate truth to, the ultimate gospel truth. Like a couple thousand people in the desert out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. you know what i mean and yeah. we happen to have it and every <laughs> one of the other seven and a half billion of us is kind of kind of fucked this time around right but uh that's like a that's like a version of royalty that's it like is. a version of like this like divine right of kings mindset like god's given us this gift right and i'm not to say that we don't all have a gift but but to act like we're special. Yeah, it was our inheritance people. or whatever. Yeah. Our it's inheritance. like Alan Watts says his quote. He's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, fuck, I suck at quotes. But basically saying to the effect, once you uh, realize the that the ego it doesn't really exist, it's just an illusion. It's just like this fake, this thing, this fake thing. Then maybe the realization that your God won't go to your head too much because <laughs> it's like, yeah, you don't want to come back and be like this like King overlord. Like I'm God, listen to me. But you know, yeah, yeah that's the no. gift. The gift is like, we're all part of it. Yeah. It, it never, it never was chalked up to that for me. I didn't want to control or have power over another person. It was like, I'm one with God now. Like I don't have to be separate from him or it or whatever. When did you experience that? In the float tank, oh, the really? very first time. Wow. It was I, the the statement that just kept like coming back. I am, I am, I am, and I just started laughing. Yeah. There is no reason for me to fear anything anymore, and relief and just pure nirvana in a way because. Yeah. I was like it's the ultimate relief. I was back into the heart of God. Yeah. Knowing that it came from source. Yeah. And love mm-hmm. and everything I'm here I'm playing at and it's for my enjoyment and my experience. Yeah. So like it's funny you're telling this beautiful story of like this this realization, this this release of fear, like this trans the beginning of a transformation b- rebirth. And when I explained the float tank at dinner, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first thing Julie said was like, that sounds like a good way to get yourself on the devil's ground <laughs> <laughs> because it's like a darkness. Yeah. Oh, oh, don't go to the dark. That's where the devil is. He's in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it's... how much fear we have. We're fear. We have <sighs> fear of pretty much half of all time, like the dark. What's funny though is like, I, maybe it's our shadow selves, right? This piece about just not wanting to look to the disgusting, dirty, nasty parts of like our even our bodily functions, right? Everybody right. shits, but why is that embarrassing? Yeah. Why do we have this stuff around it? Yeah. So much, and it it's because people they don't want to go into their shadow and face. Yeah. Face that. Yeah. The, and that's like. As soon as you, as soon as you can go into the chaos, go into the, the underworld mm-hmm. and, and go through that, you're going to come out a much better version of yourself, like an integration there. 
you know, where mm-hmm. you're, you're not walking uh, like th- this weird tightrope where you're, you know, you're like constantly in danger of like falling. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're always, in other words, you're, you're, you're going to be more grounded and insecure in who you are and more stable. Totally. And like, like you said, you're coming from a place of like, I don't need to please others anymore. You know? Oh yeah. My, so what I interpret shadow as that kind of the way that I've been learning it is, um, the denied aspects of self, what you have presented to the world in your authentic self and it was shut down or shamed or rejected. And then you kind of put it in your shadow kind of to hide it, never to be seen. Right. Mm -hmm. And really we all have the entire human spectrum Mm -hmm. within us. And if we can't integrate our own shadow, we're going to see another person and be triggered by those same things and reject it in them and be like, and that's where all this hate and anger and war and division come from and separation, right? Otherness, seeing people as other. The devil or whatever. Hmm. It's like the devil only exists if you haven't embraced him, I guess, in a Hmm. way. It's like, I don't need to fear him anymore knowing we all get to play on the spectrum it's not Mm. bad or good it's experience yeah and the whole idea that like the light defeats the darkness it's like okay but what is light without the contrast of darkness i mean in this dimension we live in it's all duality it's Mm -hmm. all in contrast and so it's like within this framing this context there's just it's just a silly statement that's like saying the subject defeats object or the the foreground defeats background like they all right. exist in 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 negative and positive yeah they exist in relationship to yes each but other. there's there's definitely an element of density yeah no there's a spectrum when there's you're a, in the dark it's dense it's a lot harder to you know feel the light yeah there's there's a spectrum but my point is is like if the let's say the higher frequency end of the spectrum is that the goal is to defeat the lower frequency. I mean, that doesn't make it or like eradicate the lower frequency. It's like, it doesn't make any sense because then there's no high frequency. There's right. no, there's no contrast anymore. It's not, it's like, so in other words, these aren't separate forces. They're parts of the same fucking spectrum. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Oh yeah. So the it, devil is, the devil is, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. The door like, <laughs> but the devil is part of God. I was just going to say that it it's helped me deep in my understanding of God because we really limit God. Oh, yeah. We put him right immediately into form, into a box, into a man, into a person, into like a, 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 a specific thing. And um, yeah, to me, anytime you label or, or, or put it into form, like it you're talking about the thing that cannot be mm-hmm. said or formed or put inside anything. I mean, it's, it's boundless, right? That's the whole idea. It's infinite. It's eternal. It's, it's the thing with no outside edge. Right. So, yeah. So and, it's like, that, means that, can... that means that we're all part of it because we are all here. Exactly. And God encompasses everything and exactly. we're things. We're part of this thing. But you get raised to learn God, right? And be taught God like you're separate from God and it's really dangerous to be in a space like that because there becomes condition, right? And to me, 
I, I guess I started to realize that love is tr to truly be unconditional in your love. It doesn't sound like the way I, I grew up, I guess. And in a lot of ways, I, I wanted to love. And so I found myself leaving the town that I grew up in because there was an appearance of love, but it had a lot of condition. Mm -hmm. And I was like, as long as there's conditions on how I should dress and speak and be, you that it's not unconditional and, and love. How, it's not a love too. Oh yeah. Nice. And how to love and yeah. just that's when I was like, God is it might be here in the conditional sense that you guys want it to be in, but I can go anywhere and have God. And so for me I, ju I just freed myself. Yeah, just barely. Yeah. So it's the first time you've lived somewhere besides that world. Oh, yeah. Of Colorado City, Centennial, Hildale. Yeah. I, well, I'd been distancing myself in my heart, I think. Yeah. Just in, not from the people, because I love the people, but from feeling like I couldn't love myself and exist in that world, I guess. Mm. So at, at, as I went on my art journey and I fell in love with myself and I, and I started putting boundaries where I needed to, right? Like mm -hmm. loving yourself looks like having healthy boundaries and saying no, validating yourself. Yeah. Saying no to yeah. people instead of people pleasing them. Um, and that really just led me to a place where I was like, basically saying, saying no to anything that isn't a fuck. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the world is my oyster. Right. And it's like the gospel and all the good things are anywhere and everywhere for me to take and yeah, have yeah, of course. and embody. That is my inheritance. And I'm doing exactly everything that my parents raised me that's to the, want. That's the irony of it. Right? It is. Because um, I, I like to think I am too. Like, especially the part about like shine your light, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like, okay, let me, let me try to do that. Okay. Well, wait, wait, when I let that in, all of a sudden I start doing all the shit you don't want me to do. Right. You know what I mean? Like as soon as like I start letting that light shine, letting that authenticity out, um, I start to turn into a version of a, like a person that, uh, see you seem to be at odds with like we're now at like, and the person like the light, like when I let it in. So when I had that first float edible experience for me, it was, it was January of 2018. So it was like, what about a year before you mm -hmm. and um yeah. but for me i had this whole energetic experience awakening of my chakra system that had been like completely turned off or somehow disconnected from it and the big thing that happened was my throat chakra i remember that just opening and like my jaw like expanding and my whole my whole voice just coming back and I realized like there's, this is uh, not to sound corny or anything, but like in a way it was like remembering a gift that I had I'd completely lost, like a, my voice. You know what I mean? Because it's not just a voice. It's not like I just have like this beautiful voice. No. It's, it's like, it's truth. It's expression of the soul. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like true. Like, um, Don Miguel Ruiz in the four agreements, like the first agreement, it's like be impeccable with your word. 
You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that is number one. Like speak the fucking truth. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that voice turned back on, all of a sudden I couldn't ignore the things I had been ignoring. And so like even though I had been out of uh, the religion for several years, I but I had kept everything kosher. Like I like I I had, I had left, but like didn't ruffle any feathers and I never was really vocal with my opinion all that much. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh shit. Like (laughs) I'm just going to say it how I see it. And sorry if that's offensive, like I'm, but I'm not going to not be impeccable with my word. And, and I'm not saying like I'm intentionally trying to go find people to offend or like go like tear down their, their worldview and cause them suffering or anything. Um, but like every time, something is said to you right you have a choice it's like so i can say nothing and allow that thing to to go unchecked let's say it's false right let's say i I think it's not true i can say nothing and allow it to go unchecked or i can agree with it and and lie to myself or i can speak what feels authentic like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so it was like ever since that experience I just started doing that more, like speaking what felt to be real. And the more like it started to snowball and domino and to the point where it's like, now it's like, I don't even feel like awkward or uncomfortable. It's like, I don't have to like respect the social norm as much. You know what I mean? Or or like not, not tread on people's, uh, like it's, it's weird. It's like, if you're going to, if you're going to, interact with me and have a conversation with me like just know you're gonna get that version like i'm not gonna fucking sugarcoat it just to just so that you know your bubble can stay pristine right right well what what was coming to me is like if some if you're talking to someone who's truly open-minded they will hold space and let you speak and they'll listen and it will create dialogue and it won't right offend necessarily because it's not about them and taking it personal it's just about you sharing right and and what they hear and resonates with them is what they hear right and the haters that hate they're gonna hate yeah and that's what i'm realizing if i can show up and be vulnerable as myself which is vulnerable i would say um, and lay it all out there for people the people that don't want it don't need to have it and it, it might hurt if it's the people that I thought wanted it, that that I thought loved me, but in the end, even them, even them, yeah, they no. get to decide. Yeah, that that's the deepest. I mean, that's a hard one. Like, it's a hard one, like band aid to rip off. But like, I mean, and and another tool like psychedelics, like ayahuasca for me, like just experiencing the death of my parents. You know, like the and <clears throat> just just knowing like that we're all going to face death alone. So mm-hmm. it's like, are you going to, are, are you going to have those, those caveats, those regrets, those like asterisks, you mm-hmm. know, like, Oh, I could have gone down this, uh, you know, decision tree that I really wanted to follow, but I didn't cause I wanted to please my parents or whatever. Um, and yeah, that's a harder pill to swallow in my opinion. Yeah. But not only that, like, so then coming to like, the full realization of what they are like, not even just like our parents. I'm saying like, let's just say previous generation, right? Cause it's across the board. Mm-hmm. It's across the board in every city, 
you know it's like pre like so many people are going through this waking up process of like shaking off the cobwebs and like shaking off like trying to heal from this inherited ancestral trauma that we all have i mean just a few generations ago like all the white guys were killing all the red guys all of them mm-hmm. this is a massive genocide on this continent yeah 99 percent. yeah it's it's horrible yeah, what happened and then like we enslaved all the black guys you know see what i mean like it was like a, a really rough time in our existence and it was like worse before that and that was like the, I mean, that was even considered some kind of an enlightenment because it was like this awakening of democracy and freedom and shit. Like, and even that was horrible and brutal, right? So it's like we're we've got a really dark <clears throat> shadow mm-hmm. to go and like explore and integrate, right? And so I, I think, yeah, I mean, but that's that's part of the beauty of um, the light. It can shine into the darkest corners. Yeah. And for me in that float tank in the complete darkness in my own mind and in, you know, generations of all this that you're talking about, the thing that shone the brightest was love. Yeah. And I and I speak to this because it's like it can pierce into anything mm-hmm. directly and cut through all the bullshit. Yeah. And as long as we block ourselves off and wall off from love we're going to continue that cycle of trauma and hate and yeah division and that's the thing too is you come to the realization like all you're doing like let's say you have this anger or this resentment or whatever you're just like swallowing poison and hoping it'll hurt someone else Mm -hmm. like it's only fucking you up Mm -hmm. like you're holding back your own you're holding your you're with you're uh blocking yourself off from the love so like one thing I, uh, when I experienced ketamine, um, I had a huge breakthrough and it was, I have this huge wound around God, the father, mm. the creator mm-hmm. because of this religion and this background, this like, I would say trauma. This is a trauma around God that I had, I had, I forced myself off like a way I blocked myself off from the father because of this wound around the father Mm. that I had grown up with. And so, um, yeah, I had to experience like letting go of the, of like, like you said, the conditional one, like letting that go and letting it like, and and, and in that particular experience, it was like the physical, it was like the death of my father and being like, Oh, he's leaving. It's time for that to go. And that, and it was gone. And then all of a sudden, I'm, and then I'm in like this place of like, of like needing my father. Do you know what I mean? Needing my father mm-hmm. and calling out to my father, like help me father. You know what I mean? And I like think about, like, I'm trying to think, breaking, breaking my brain. Like when is the last time I actually prayed mm-hmm. to my father, you know? And I, I just cut completely closed off to that whole channel because of this wound. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, we've got, (laughs) there's so many layers and levels to it. For me, it was a feeling like God had abandoned me, like my dad had abandoned me. And I, I speak to that because, you know, we had so many siblings. It's a job to try and have a connection to all of them. And I felt lost in all that. Like God never could hear me. 
in the voice of voices, you know, the sea of voices. Yeah. I mean, just 24 kids, let alone mm-hmm. 7 billion. Right? Oh yeah. Oh, exactly. Like, but we're taught he can, he can see the hair falling from your head. Like he's there with you always. Right. <clears throat> but I felt so disconnected in my heart yeah. from God and my relationship to what God was. And, and I tie it back to my relationship to my dad, you know, yeah. and I realized that dad represented a lot of the creator in me. And even he is so artistic and just yeah. poetic and romantic and all of these pieces I got from him. And I'm like, and I'm just recognizing so much of that. I can thank him for too. Yeah. And so it was like, I just, when I came to that, I was like, wow, he, he really gave me like the ability to be capable and to provide for myself. Like he went out, came home every two weeks to provide for his family. Right. Yeah. And it was a trade that time with us and a sacrifice that I'm realizing a big sacrifice for him as my little self, it was just abandonment, right? Like, I think that energy came because he wanted to be with us and had to sacrifice. It would, it might've been different had I known he was enjoying it and wanted to do all those things. Right. But in the end, I realized he gave me all the things that I needed. Mm. Like I have everything I need to provide for myself to Mm. be capable and, and, and I was experiencing a big block around the masculine and the creator sense and yeah. like my art will never make me enough and all of this stuff, like yeah, total abandonment. Yeah. Um, but you were saying like, uh, the, the, the art, the gift, stepping into that, shining your light, being, being authentic is taking mm-hmm. you out is pulling you like, you know, you're following, like you're going to where the, there's the authentic love instead of the conditional one or whatever. Yes. And, uh, I was just saying like the whole thing with my voice, it's like, it's ironic because the thing, like you said, like the, the thing we've been raised to do, it's like, okay, now we're doing it. And it's like, okay, now this is a problem. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's strange. It's, 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 well, it's, it's, com- it's comedy. It's whenever you are more you, it's going to threaten people that are afraid to be them. Like, yeah. well, who's, who's Jesus Christ? This is the most him. Exactly. <laughs> well, and like that dude rolled in with no fucks to give for anyone else. Like of opinions of him. That mm-hmm. is, you know what I mean? No respecter of persons. I, I'm sure he didn't care all the followers, all that. Yeah. Like it wasn't about any of that. Which is why people followed him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so today it's like, why are we worshiping him as a follower instead of actually living in the example, which is he stood in his truth and his authentic self. That's how he shone his light. You know, we talk about doing it and then in appearance, but when you step back and you really evaluate your life and self-reflect, you can't put conditions on people from that space. You know, you can't even put conditions on yourself. Yeah. You have to love yourself and forgive yourself. Yeah. That's number. No, I mean, and like number one is listen to that 
inner inner like you the real you connects to it like figure out whatever way you can to connect to it and then just cultivate that connection and listen to it because yeah that's the void that's the one thing you can't escape like that's the thing you got to live with mm-hmm. right you gotta sleep in the bed you make well it's like you were saying about the you know the dark ages of humanity it's like somewhere we were ripped from our spirit and we yeah. we disassociated from it mm. and really when you can come back and connect to that voice that spirit that you who you are you really cannot go back like you don't want to go back yeah it's like i i don't want to go back to a version of me that only wanted to play invisible you know yeah it got me through but now i'm like i i understand now i can see all the people who are invisible that is my power and i'm speaking to them yeah and and your art speaks like louder than your words like that's what's that's what's um that's a beautiful gift you have and that's like honestly just knowing you and seeing you go through this journey and seeing what you've created and and like how it's affected true north and how it's brought this place to life like it's given this place like a soul um the art here and and i think it's already having ripple effects out into other people like i can't count how many people have just told me how much the mural has resonated with them after they floated um but it makes me want to go just fire up all the artists me too as much as possible because like art is transformation it's transformational it's it's visionary it's bringing things from the void Mm -hmm. potential the ether and then zap into creation and into manifestation into the world of form to here we are and uh all of a sudden now you can have something that like you a concept you hadn't even known you could feel or an emotion you could feel or a concept you could consider and now all of a sudden here it is and you're like staring at it mind blown and you're like what are you doing to me, Alex Gray? Like, <laughs> you're waking me up in some weird way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, well, to speak to that, um, I've been experiencing that very directly. So maybe I'll share this for all the other artists if this helps. Yes. Um, so before you you presented the... So when you were down in Colombia and I got that ping the day you sent me that video to to start my Love in the Void series... Mm. Um, the idea was sparked around unconditional love, right? And if I, so it was February and my mind was on love and I was just thinking like, I was kind of in a low place and not, not necessarily victimizing myself but just feeling like I needed to connect and didn't know how and so I'm like well and you know you've been going through a lot of these experiences and one thing it's shown you is you can create how you want to feel right so if you want love you want more love in your life you need to generate it by giving it away Mm. and so this idea of giving anybody that brings a canvas to me with one word on it from their heart I'll paint whatever comes inspired by the void back for them. It's not about me. It's for them. Um, 
and we'll, you know, we'll see what that does. And wow, we like it, it started a process for me of just every single word that came in. I, I started to feel mm. it abundantly mm. in my life and it, it got me to the point where I can make some very big decisions just in one month, like moving. Yeah. Moving was a big one. Um, saying goodbye to my partner and doing that in a way where we both completely understood each other and separating from love, like in a place of love. Yeah. And just like huge step, big things. And I could, I couldn't, I don't think I could have done it without having those words to ground me. Like I was getting words like unapologetic and trust and surrender and just powerful words, you know, mm-hmm. and every single person dropping that on my door, I, t- I take it and I said, okay, I'm only going to go on this word. So what does this word mean? How does it feel? And I'd embody the word um, surrender. I have to completely surrender when I'm painting this or it won't hold that word, you know? And for me, that looks like just completely giving the canvas the ability to talk and come alive on its own. It's not even like I'm just channeling it, you know? And I just got a really amazing um, turnout, like 30 people dropping off canvases and all that. And I'm like the biggest winner in all of it. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's, that's amazing. It, that's how I feel about like the the uh, the gift economics experiment mm-hmm. where we just gave floating and stuff to people. I just feel like it's giving us like way more than we gave. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In the sense of, I mean, just like with you, just like <sighs> you, just like the ripple effect that you're having in the world and floating has, I think, been a part of that. And all of the other people too, you know, like, and what they've given back and, and the ripple effect it's had in the community. And it just, it just brought a lot of good energy here. Well, that's, that's kind of the idea. So any, any artist that is struggling to find the courage, I guess, to, I don't know, come in and flow and like explore that right brain, the creative side just remember like you're going to get whatever you put into it and we need you. Yeah. We, we need, need artists. It. We need artists right now. Mm-hmm. World needs art and it needs, it needs whatever message, whatever you have that's mm-hmm. unique to you that you're bringing into the world, just like the world needs Anne Kelly. <laughs> and I'm so happy to put, to be in some small way to, to put like some fire to the flame you know well i'm happy to be working here yeah to start working here and connecting with people about it about it all because um like i i'm not invisible and i'm really kind of just done playing small and living separate on my own little island you know of loneliness and if I want to feel connected, I know now, like, yeah, I got to find that. I got to cultivate that and grow that. But you're in the right place. 
to connect. This whole place is about healing and transformation. And, and there's no other place I would want to welcome people into, you know, that for themselves. Like that's what art was for me. I see that's floating for you and for me, but like there's many tools. Well, there's a lot of, there's, there are many tools. Yes. But there's a lot of artists I think who are probably either uh, not being, they're scared to be fully artists. Like they're scared to be honest with themselves. Like that's what they want to, you know, to, to tap in, to let that creative river into, into them and to let it flow. Um, like I was talking to, to uh, someone just barely and like they they they're part of the art from the void series but you know she's nervous like to share mm-hmm. she's never really like put her art out in front of people and shared so like that's the so i'm gonna probably have to break this down and I'll, I'll just record it in the intro in more detail but like art from the void we want to give artists some fuel for the creative get those creative juices going so uh in march any artist who wants to participate can have three free floats. Uh, you just have to float Monday through Thursday because those are our slowest days. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't float Monday through Thursday, I will let you float on the weekend. <laughs> uh, but the the idea is we're going to give people um, a spark, hopefully, and give them the perfect black Canvas. emptiness of the void mm-hmm. to find and connect with whatever that is that they're going to bring out of the void. Right. And so it's like, it's like go into the void and then find the elixir and yeah. bring it back. Give it right? all up. Yep. Yeah. And so, um, the only, the only, and they're, they're free floats, right? So three of them, the only condition is you have to create a piece of art and there's no size restrictions or medium restrictions. It can be anything you want. And, uh, you just have to share it. So you, you get to keep it, obviously. Like, we're not going to take your art from you. But on April 1st, we're going to do an event. We're going to do a kick-ass party at Art Provides in downtown St. George. It's an art gallery uh, owned by a beautiful human named Elle, Elizabeth Gunter. And uh, we're going to have a rad kind of launch party for True North because we never really got to have one because of COVID. And I feel like feels pretty safe to, <laughs> yeah. to party now. Like, I think if we, we need a party. We uh, do. And so um, that's going to happen. And all the art from this, Art from the Void uh, project for March is going to be displayed there. So you just have to be cool with your art being displayed. And we're going to photograph it. And we're going to make a book called Art from the Void with a photo of everyone's art. So that's that's it. And you can keep the art. Uh, if you want to sell the art, I'm sure L will let you s- list it for sale at the gallery. Um, if you want to get your name out there more, I think it's a great way for artists to get their stuff out there. Yeah. But even more importantly, it's going to be like Con- so cool to see people artists. come together. Yeah, it's going to be so cool to see that community come together because obviously every artist will be welcome to the party, and hey, well, we'll get all the artists uh, we'll get all the artists in there together, and a- also like. I'm stoked to see what comes out of this. Me too. That's the most exciting thing. (laughs) Well, for me, the most exciting thing is connecting with other artists because as an artist, uh, I can see how easy it is to be introverted and just like you live in your studio, you're painting by yourself, you're with yourself like all the time. Yeah. 
and it's so good to, the, to like meet other artists. The, you, sorry to cut you off. You said that like you're a very sensitive person, vulnerable person. Like mm -hmm. a lot of artists and creative types are this way. And so that's why they're kind of isolated is because they're sensitive. You know what I mean? They have to, oh, be, yeah. to, you have to be able to feel, to, to, to fill the void. Like to, to tap into yeah, it. Yeah, to tap into it. You got to be open. And if you're open in a world of like chaos and COVID and shit and whatever else, you know, it's like hard to, yeah. So I'm, I can see how a lot of artists might be introverted. Yeah. You know? Well, I've been, I think, a little starved of having um, some like-minded creatives, you know? Like, yes, me too. I, I would love to meet some people that share the same loves that I have and passions. And if you're worried or, or nervous or, you know, a little insecure around being seen, just know that it's going to be with people that completely understand that. And like the best place to do it would be with other artists because they're a lot more, I mean, even if you want to ask for cr constructive criticism, right? I mean, yeah. Or even if you want to like, li like put it up in the gallery anonymously or pseudonymously, like it doesn't have to have, like if people are really like they want to just get it up there but they're so terrified of what people are going to say about their what they've done or what they've created or they're nervous like you don't have to even put your name on it if you don't want to mm -hmm. like i'm not gonna i'm not mm -hmm. gonna make that a requirement like there's real i don't want to put any like rules on it no medium rules no size rules like it's just i want to see what people organically just create after they floated three times and it just want that float experience to inspire their creative process. Um, and so like, I don't even want to limit the content. Like it has to be an image of something floaty. You know no, what I mean? Like, no. no, it has, it has to be whatever comes to you. Like exactly. and just be authentic. And like, and every float experience is different. Yeah. So going in floating three times, giving yourself a, uh, an opportunity to really be present and yeah. like just feel what it's about and connecting with yourself, something will come. Well, like, the first one's probably going to be just like a learning experience if uh -huh. you've never floated, right? Mm -hmm. By by the third one, it'll be a much different experience. Oh yeah, yeah, and just you know, remaining open, like understanding that if you reject yourself first, it's it's like safe right basically no one else can reject you because mm -hmm. you've already done it but if you show up and be courageous and you're vulnerable mm -hmm. fuck the rest of it right mm -hmm. and everybody else you've really done yourself a service like yeah you've shown yourself that like the world is your oyster right because nobody can stand in your way except for you right and that's kind of what I think this whole art from the void is. It's calling all these people that feel like they're ready to be free. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Celebrate that. And <laughs> that art is going to, I can't wait to see what this ripple effect is, you know? Yeah. I mean, I can't wait for April 1st. Oh yeah. I that's already, I already a, know what I'm painting. That's oh really. Yeah. So kind of, well, I mean, you've already floated away more than three times, but. No, well, the cool part was that um, I was gifted a canvas as well as part of this series for me and my own word. 
Oh. Well, no, I was gifted a canvas and a word and the word was void. Really? Yes. It was, <laughs> it's the biggest canvas I got and it's the last one of my series. And um, I'm super stoked because I know what it's going to be. And, and that's going to be for this? Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be, I was thinking oh, I yeah. would display this one because it's it's the one that's for me. Like right. the rest of them are going back to everybody right. that gave them to me. But I have a canvas for you in the trunk, by the way. Uh-huh. Gotta give it to you before you leave. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm super stoked. And for anybody listening, we just went to seven days a week. We just hired Anne. She's starting in like two days. So we are Yay. yeah. So we are fully staffed and fully functioning seven days a week, which means we got some open float tanks. And I will not turn away a single artist who wants to be part of this. So. Uh, unless like, I mean, we're tapped out and we can't float anyone else, which is, I, I mean, we're a ways off from that. So we're, we should be fine. I think, um, if you, if you're listening and you're an artist and you're on the fence and you're like, I don't know what if maybe fucking do it, (laughs) come float, come talk to me. Yeah. Just come float. Yeah. Just come float. Let the float tank empower you. You know what I mean? Cause, uh, it, it will. And if you know anyone who's an artist who needs to hear this, share this podcast with them, or just let them know that we're doing this if they're stoked uh, already to, to paint, like just send them our way and we'll give them three free floats. Uh, but it's already, what, March 3rd or 4th or something? Mm-hmm. So it's only good for March. So we got to have this all done by April 1st. So the sooner the better. I'll get this podcast posted tomorrow and we'll get this we'll get this out as fast as we can. But... Um, I think it's going to be, I think St. George, Southern Utah in general, like St. George has this like, uh, like spark kind of building, like brewing, like this, like little thing trying to be come to life, this community, mm-hmm. this culture, like coming to life right now. It's like, it's like this, all these people like kind of figuring out who we are, what we are you know, outside of just like Mormon Utah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that more, well, Mormons are bad or anything like that. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying like, there's, there's an identity, a life force kind of brewing outside of the church. And I'm really excited to see what that looks like. I'm Me excited too. to see like who those people are and what that looks like. And I think the artists are the pioneers oh, in a lot of ways. We are the visionaries. Um, We see the vision and bring it to life and share it with others. Yes. That is our purpose. Yes. So um, any, any medium of art, like if you fucking, if you crochet stuff, (laughs) you want to do that. Yes. I'm cool with it. (laughs) If like the only thing that's a bummer is I don't know if we, I mean, musicians will probably have to do a separate thing for musicians so that we can figure out the right media like the right way in which to share that with people because i don't think an art gallery is going to do musicians justice mm-hmm. we need a concert or something you know i don't know we we'll have to figure out like a different thing and maybe do musicians in the future um because i think the flow tanks going to help inspire those people as well you know oh yeah if you're anybody that wants to play yeah that tap into that creative floating has helped me for sure yeah. create space to even feel like I can play, you know, like yeah. playing is not a waste of time. It is where you're doing, you're doing a lot of learning and a lot of like brain work. 
yeah. and getting smarter, like all sorts of things. And, um, just, it can take a lot of, uh, energy. And so if you're somebody that's creating all the time and you never have periods of rest or periods of just kind of getting a new blank, you know, canvas, yeah, reset, yeah, reset then like mm. you can be burned out pretty quickly. So mm. I float because it's like, wow, okay. This is where my ideas can come in. I let all my other stuff go mm-hmm. and it just regenerates me. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah, I think I think uh you're just a pioneer for the other artists showing them this tool that's going to help. I mean, mm-hmm. just like what you've already created that's already here. Uh it like it make I'm so fucking proud of you. Aww. I love Thank you, you so much. I love yeah. you too. And um, annkelly.com. Yeah. See for yourself. See for yourself what she's created and how beautiful it is. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap it? Yeah. If anybody that's been wanting to go on a voyage, then not only is this the place that we will welcome you, but it is possible, you know, like, we are all on a voyage and home like home is you Mm -hmm. you at your most you (laughs) (laughs) you yeah what a quote but like um (laughs) the voyage home is really about coming home to who you are and just really fucking owning that yeah and celebrating it because you came into the world as you were, as you are to be that, not only be that, I think. Yes. And the beautiful thing about the float tank is the only thing you experience in the float tank is you. Yeah. That's what you bring in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a mirror. It's a mirror for you. And it's the void. It's connecting to all of creation, all of potential, all that, like anything that is waiting to come into the realm of, of this of the manifest realm of this world you yeah. know yeah nothingness like it's so important <laughs> yeah ironic it's like ironically so. it's where the most creation can happen <laughs> yeah exactly uh, well it's been an amazing this is one of my favorite podcasts i love yeah. talking to you um and kelly.com motherfuckers check it out that's uh Thank you. how do you spell it a-n-n-e-k-e-l-l-i.com check out this site it'll change you all right. Peace. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you are interested in participating in this Art from the Void project here in March, just give us a call. Uh, we'll get you those three free floats scheduled. Uh, the number to the shop is 435-212-1125. Don't hesitate. Just just do it. <laughs> We'd love to see what you uh, are going to create. And if you're just interested in learning more about True North and what we have to offer, our services and whatnot, Our website is tnfloat.com, or tnfloat.com. Much love, everybody.